The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. Clad in her, wow! You really are mm. supporting the team. It's Ashley Pickle. It's just a comfy sweatshirt. It, has, it was really cold. Like I woke up and my house was freezing this morning. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's North Texas. I guess not after this weekend. I guess when they need you most, you need to be there for them. The That's the mean the green faithful. That's what we like to. Uh, loyalty. <laughs> it was know. terrible. Would you it like, was so bad. Would you like me to buy you a Charlotte sweatshirt? Uh, <laughs> you're funny. No, I really am. I'm no, quite Ugh, it was disgusting. I, we hated it. It was not good. Uh, and sitting to my right, QPR and my Brentford or West Africa Prince, six Mail Johnson. Yeah, what up? QPR on ESPN plus again, <laughs> back to back <laughs> today. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, what time? 2.30? Two 2.30, okay. 1.30, 2.30 or other? Yes. Sweet. So <laughs> we'll have a little bit of, uh, a little bit of championship football on, uh, on, on the television today. Today is Monday, October 28th, 2019. 31 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 846. 846. Chris Benson's ERA in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. 22 and a third innings in 2009. On today's show, guys, we're going a little less than an hour because, and this is 100% true, last night, every, every Sunday, one of the things that I do on Sundays is that I book the show. I book a guest for the show. So I send a text to a coach. Usually the coaches are very good about getting back to me. The coach who I sent a text to never got back to me. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Left you on red. He did, I, oh, I, I actually <laughs> can't tell if he left me on red. But it would have been so much did, funnier if he did. He didn't have an iPhone, so I wouldn't uh, able to do that. It, it got me, I got greened instead of blue. Oof, that's never anyway. a good thing. Sure. <laughs> that's fine. Had a backup plan. Text the coach. Sorry, man, I can't do it. Then I got a meeting. Oh, okay, all right. I'll send one more. No response. No response. So we don't have a guest today. Instead, you just have to deal with me, Ish, and Ashley. Me, Ish, and Ash. Oh. Hey, look oh. at that. Look at that. Ish is Ish not amused. Totally amused. He does not care about that at it, all. Are his headphones working? Are we sure? Is, are, are, I don't know if he's hearing. I can these, definitely hear. This. <laughs> he is totally ignoring us. He's, got the new, he's actually got the new Kanye album just going in his ear. <laughs> um, okay, so we will have Monday morning fallout. We will also then have our exclusive rankings reveal, the 2000 or the Week 10 Texas High School Football Rankings uh, from TexasFootball.com. Uh, we'll announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees and the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. And then we'll have a nice campus crawl about the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. So, big show today. Make sure you lock in. And here with first four through the door is Ashley Pickle. Man, that's like two shows in a row that you've remembered. We're moving on up there. Uh, Nicholas Morton, Janice... Lessie, Matthew McSpadden, and Lissy. Allison Brown. Lissie? Lissie? It's L-Y-S-S-Y? Yeah. I bet she's from Fall City. Uh, <laughs> Might have some relation to a player down there. Yeah. 
that's a joke for that's not even a joke. That's just like a reference for like six people, <laughs> yeah. uh, most of whom live in Fall City. Right. <laughs> Ashley. Yes. Hit the air siren. Time for Monday morning fallout. Monday morning fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, quite an overreaction-worthy uh, over, over <laughs> weekend. It's a Monday. Around the state of Texas. We'll start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, the undercurrent. There were, of course, headline-grabbing games in Texas high school football across the state. Um, but to me, now that we're entering week 10, we're through nine weeks, I'm actually a lot more interested in the 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 lower level not lower level but the under the top level of games what i mean by that is we're, we we know at this point who's really really good right we have a pretty good idea usually they're ranked or they're right outside of our rankings or they have a really flashy record we're very we we usually know who's pretty good but there are a lot of implications as far as the way that the bracket is going to shape up with the games that are maybe not the ones that are matchups of undefeated or games like that. I'll give you a perfect example, okay? So all eyes on three, uh, last week uh, were on Wall, Texas, mm-hmm. as uh, Wall defeated Eastland uh, 28-14 in a game that was very impressive. And Wall is going to finish 8. They're going to finish 10-0, barring some sort of disaster down the stretch. They're going to finish 10-0, okay? They're looking very good. Eastland, nothing to, nothing to hang their head about. That's a valiant effort. I still think they're pretty darn good. Okay, But I think lost in all of that will be the other game in that district, which was Clyde's upset win over Jim Ned. That now we could be talking about Jim Ned slipping to fourth place in that district if they don't beat Eastland here uh, in a couple of weeks to finish the year. And you're thinking, okay, well, so what was what does that matter? That means we could get Jim Ned against Pilot Point in the first round of the playoffs or something like that. Things like that are are, are the things that that um, that catch my eye. Also, I'll, I'll give you another example. Thirteen six A, okay. Thirteen six A is crazy. You've got Vandergrift mm-hmm. up at the top. They're the headliner. This is the perfect example of that. They're the headliner. There's that. But the undercurrent is. Cedar Park, Vista Ridge, Round Rock, Stony Point, Cedar Ridge, Westwood, all fighting, and, and Lumpin' McNeil as well, if they can pull some upsets, all fighting for three playoff spots. And that will determine, by the way, who goes where and what kind of first-round playoff matchups we're going to have. Same thing goes in District 21 6A. Everyone was paying attention to North Shore and Westbrook. Mm-hmm. For good reason. Those are two very good teams, right? And they're going to make the playoffs. But past that, whoever gets those third and fourth playoff spots are not just going to determine what the bracket looks like, but also could determine what the state championship games look like. Because there's a fair chance, there's a non-zero chance, if the right teams get in, that Beaumont-Westbrook goes to the Division One bracket. Mm-hmm. And if they go to the Division One bracket, then it is a loaded Region 3 and D1 all gets even more loaded, and a wide-open D2 bracket gets even more wide-open. And then there was another one down in 13-5A Division II, our favorite district. Pflugerville Weiss, big win over Georgetown Eastview. We were like, man, that really sets up 
a showdown at the end of the year, Pflugerville Weiss mm-hmm. and Brenham. Mm-hmm. Well, Bastrop had other ideas, <laughs> and they took down Brenham on Friday night in a game that I think is going to fly under people's radar. This is the kind of undercurrent that I'm talking about. Yeah. These kinds of games are going to have major implications uh, as far as things are, are are taking place and or the way things go the rest of the way. And it, it, it's things like, this is a true statement. Mm-hmm. This week's Channel View versus Laporte game is one of the most impactful games in the state this year. Because if Laporte gets into the playoffs, Boma Westbrook could go to the Division One bracket. I mean, those are the types of things that I'm talking about that pay attention to the big headline games. But there's this really interesting and vital second level of games that are going to determine what the brackets look like, not only for those teams, but also for the teams that we have deemed as the contenders. Thought number two, Texas ain't back. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the University of Texas, <laughs> although I'm not not talking about the University of Texas. I think that that was a pretty bad effort by, def- by, by the Texas defense, and I think it's just time to admit that the Texas defense is a straight-up liability. Um, they got carved up by Max Duggan. And, hey, good for Max Duggan, man. That was a great game, and he had a gutty, gutty drive to ice that thing. That was really impressive. But the bottom line is that if Texas is back, we and we've had this dumb conversation for years about what it would mean to be back, well, it's I'll know it when I see it, and it ain't but, losing to TCU. Yeah, losing to TCU is not part of that. Not losing to this TCU team. TCU's better than I think we thought they were they, coming into this game, but... Not like that. But what I'm talking about is the entire state of Texas. It was a miserable week of Texas college football across the the FBS ranks, okay? Do you know how many teams, how many teams beat out-of-state opponents? One. A&M. A&M, yeah. They beat Mississippi State. SMU got a win, Mm -hmm. but they beat Houston. Yeah. TCU got a win, but they beat Texas. Southern Miss beat Rice, Charlotte beat North Texas, Kansas beat Tech, Arkansas State beat Texas State, Louisiana Tech beat Utah. Yeah, I was just glad the Cowboys. It's, it's, yeah. it's, and, and I feel like I say this every single year, and, and yes, there's still SMU out there, right? And there's still Baylor out there, right? And I want to make sure I'm, I'm setting them aside. But if you take Texas FBS football writ large in 2019 – the overall average is not good. Yes, there are these two teams at the top. But the overall average is just not good. And it's... it's I don't know. I feel like I say that every year. Like I'm, I'm just waiting for this year where like it's just a really great year of college football across the state of Texas. But I'll tell you what. It's just not this year. You got those two teams at the top. They're very impressive. Other than that, pretty forgettable. Rob Hadaway said, at least OU lost two. That's a positive. There is always that. <laughs> And thought number three, now or never, um, we are now into the final two weeks of the season, right? And there have been these teams that we've just kind of been saying, okay, need to get going, need to get their feet underneath them, uh, just need to kind of string a couple wins together. Well, uh, if it's going to happen, probably needs to happen right now. And I would also put into that the idea of if you're going to get hot at the right time, this is the time to start. I'm not saying peak right now. But you probably need to start revving that engine. Because the playoffs are the two weeks from today. 
we're doing our bracket breakdown show. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from today, the brackets will be out on TexasFootball.com. So, it's, uh, as they say in the business, it's not cutting time. <laughs> Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Mount Enterprise running back Kendra Miller. Um, he's the state's leading rusher. And I tweeted this yesterday about how... Um, let me f- see if I can pull this up. So, back in 1953, Kenneth Hall, the Sugarland Express, ran for 4,045 yards. Still the all-time single-season rushing record in Texas high school history. And even more amazing is that he did in 12 games. Like, that's unbelievable. Okay? Right now, so he averaged 337 yards per game. Kendra Miller, through seven games, has just under 2,300 yards rushing. He's averaging 328 yards per game. I'm not here telling you that Kendra Miller is going to sit the all-time leading rushing record, okay? But what I will say is that... Let me do a little bit of quick math. If he keeps this pace up, Mm -hmm. he needs to play six more games. To have it. To have it. To break that record. He needs to play six more games. Now, one... It's probably too much to ask to keep have him to keep up a 328 yard per game pace. <laughs> it's probably asking too much. Mm-hmm. And two, then you're asking Mount Enterprise, who by the way did have a game canceled earlier this year, which seems to loom large suddenly. You're asking them to fundamentally make it to the regional final. It's going to be tough, mm-hmm. but Kendra Miller gets a helmet sticker. It's it's time to start sitting up and paying attention to Kendra Miller and what he's doing. A helmet sticker to the Mary Harden Baylor special teams. Did you see this? Do you no. see how Mary oh, Harden yeah, Baylor's beat won. Harden yeah. Simmons? Oh my gosh! So Mary Harden Baylor um, is driving down the field, down one point. No timeouts. No timeouts. They throw a pass, get into field goal range. No timeouts. So they have to scramble the field goal unit on. And sure enough, if they don't snap that thing with one second and boom through a field goal to, to stay undefeated and get the win. Yeah, as time expires. That was <laughs> it's, yeah. awesome. Do you know how tough that is? Yeah. If you're Harden Simmons, you're just like, are you serious? Are you, like, we it's, had you beat. You were done. <laughs> the, the Mound Showdown Friday ended up in the exact same fashion, yeah. except as they were scrambling, as Flower Mound was scrambling to get out, they didn't get the they kickoff get in off. time. Yeah. And so it's crazy. Like, it was, we were just sat there like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like, and the whole team stormed. Because it's so tough. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you have to be organized as far as, like, know that as soon as the ball is blown dead, you got to run, run out there. And then, by the way, you've got to execute it. Yep. I mean, it's hard to kick a game-winning field goal with one second left with the clock stopped. So I'm looking at the replay. They snap it with one second. With one second! How uh, how far back? What yard were they? What uh, yard it was probably about a 40-something yard field goal. It Good looked like Lord. It was about, yeah, about 40. About Dude, 40. He, did he just, like, happy Gilmore it and just <laughs> rev it up man. and went for they're it? Running, they're running... Because uh, they got at, like, at UMH at, at uh, UMHB has it on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. the game highlight at 11 seconds they're swapping oh, out yeah. or 12 seconds they're they're trying to shift out and that is that is so tough to do and they did it to remain unbeaten and to like every year it seems like they find a new interesting way to rip Harden Simmons guts out yeah and a helmet sticker for Abernathy quarterback Bryson Daly uh, Bryson Daly went six of seven. For 158 yards and two touchdowns. And then he carried the ball 10 times for 231 yards and three scores. So he had 17 touches for 289 yards and five touchdowns. 
That seems good. <laughs> a helmet sticker for Bryce Daly. Three teams to watch. Sabine. Um, so Sabine is 8-0. Sabine is 8-0, and they have... This is just the fifth time in their history they have won um, eight games in a season. Hmm. And they've been playing football since 1937. They haven't won eight games in a season since 1985, and they're 8-0. Um, it is astonishing what they're doing right now. Team to watch. TCU. Look, if Max Duggan's going to grow up into a quarterback, then suddenly things certainly change for TCU, and their fortunes change, because that's been the one thing that's missing for them. Fortunes certainly change for Matthew Baldwin, too. Mm-hmm. That is a, a... That was very impressive for what TCU was able to do. Um in that game at home and very, very impressive stuff. And Mansfield Summit, we talked a little bit about it on Thursday. Um, a great win for Mansfield Summit to go and beat DeSoto. Uh, that is a three-team race in that district with them and Cedar Hill and now um, and, and DeSoto. That was that kind of thrusts them into that conversation. That was a really impressive win from the Jaguars. Three to see, three games to watch this coming weekend. Uh, Brownwood and Waco La Vega. Um, if you want the... It, it, if you believe for some reason that Brownwood hasn't been tested, you're wrong. But if you if you need more data, here's your data point. I mean, here's the defending state champs coming to town. Huge game, one of the one of the biggest games in the state this week. Brownwood and Wake La Vega, SMU and Memphis. Is game day going to be there? Did they say they are? They, they've been Chris Fowler. Yeah, I he like hinted at it. I don't think they've announced it. Yet. I think honestly, it's it's between. I feel like it's between that and the outdoor cocktail party because Florida Georgia is yeah. that weekend too. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, and it's weird that they haven't announced it yet because yeah. they usually do it Sunday. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, it's in Memphis anyway, so right. I mean, it would be really cool if it was on Boulevard, but right. um. SMU Memphis, this is, you know, I don't need to tell it's you. the biggest is, G5 game of the year. This is the biggest G5 game of the year. And, it, I mean, SMU at this point controls their destiny for, well, probably be like the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Right? Um, but this is probably their biggest hurdle outside of an AAC title game. Mm-hmm. Right? But this is a huge game for SMU. One of the biggest games in recent SMU history. curious what the bowl projections have them going right now. Let's see. And New Deal and Post. New Deal and Post um, is the only matchup of undefeateds in the state this week um, and figures to be really fun. And I think that you can make a real argument that the winner of this game is the favorite in 2A Division One Region 1. Okay. Huge game. So the the, bowl, the ESPN bowl projections right now have them in. There's two um, two projectors. Experts. Right. No, yeah, two experts. One experts. SMU Baylor, which would be fun in the Cotton Bowl. Ooh, a little... little Southwest Conference and action. Then one, the other I'm extremely into this. The other one's SMU Oregon, which will also be a fun game. So and the both, Bowl, both yeah, the Cotton so Bowl. both project SMU to the Cotton Bowl. One, I, I don't know which one I would want more. Maybe Baylor, just for my own personal te- uh, taste, to get the to fill up the stadium um, a little more too. So can I can I say something on f- knowing full well that this, that what our audience is? Mm-hmm. I think Oregon would smoke SMU. I think probably their too. speed is crazy. Yeah, yeah. but. I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Love to see him in the Cotton Bowl period. Yeah. Anyway, I think Baylor. I think Baylor as is actually a really good, really interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's Monday morning fallout. We're Texas football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press for Texas high school football rankings. Starting this year, we've been providing our rankings for the Associated Press. We are the rankings of record in the state of Texas. 
each each Monday here on Texas Football Today, we have the exclusive rankings reveal. If you're an insider, you can see them right now, early, before I say them. You've been able to see them since about 9.30 this morning on TexasFootball.com. We're about to reveal them exclusively here on Texas Football Today. We will start with 6A, where there's a little bit of movement because there were a couple of games that were, you know, Worthy between ranked teams. Movement. Between ranked teams. <laughs> uh, Galena Park North Shore's 52-25 win over Beaumont-Westbrook. Um, drops Beaumont Westbrook from 8 to 14, and everyone else matriculates up a spot. Um, but, you know, we lost a fair number of, we lost a fair number of other teams uh, as well, new to the rankings, back into the rankings at number 25 is Rockwall. Rockwall re-enters the rankings at 7 and 2. Yules Trinity is up a spot as well. Shirts Clemens makes a nice little leapfrog up to number 22 from number 24. Uh, but overall, the top uh, seven remain un- unchanged. Duncanville, Katie, Allen, Longview, North Shore, Southlake, Carroll, and Converse Judson. To 5A we go, where 5A Division One had an extremely boring week in the sense that there are no changes. Uh, Richmond Foster gave Alvin Shadow Creek its biggest challenge of the of the year, but Shadow Creek passed it. They remain number two behind Frisco Lone Star, who did terrible, terrible things to Frisco Centennial. Um Elsewhere, everything else is relatively unchanged. Um, San Antonio Wagner remains the same at number eight after a 62-0 blanking of San Antonio Burbank. Keep an eye on Lancaster. Big game this week at number seven, up against number four, Highland Park. Mm-hmm. 5A Division Two. we go, where there's a little bit of change uh, simply because we did lose a ranked squad. Uh, into the, uh, the the top six remain undefeated. Uh, Alito, Manville, Cal Allen, a Consolidated, Fort Bend, Marshall, Lubbock, Cooper, uh, remain un- undefeated, or rather, remain the same, uh, up to the. Um, hold on a second. Um, up up a spot is Red Oak to number eight. Up a spot to number eight is Port Lavac Calhoun. Up a spot to number nine is Kerrville Tyvee, and new to the rankings, the Barbers Hill Eagles, who nudge up a spot uh, to into number ten after a twenty-eight-seven win over Crosby. To 4A we go, and in 4A Division One we did lose number 10, uh, so we have a new number 10 in 4A Division One. Everything else remains exactly the same. Argyle, Carthage, Waco, La Vega, Decatur, Dumas, their big win over Canyon keeps them number 5. Brownwood, their win over Stephenville keeps them number 6, setting up uh, their big game this week against Waco, La Vega. Needville, Lampasas, Springtown. And new to number ten, Beville Jones checks in at nine and oh, Chris Sosa doing the trick for the for the Trojans, looking very good right now. They are number ten in Dave Campbell's Texas football's four division one rankings. To four division two we go. Where chalky? I hope you guys like chalk because that's what we got. Chalk, chalk, chalk. Uh, one through ten remain entirely un uh, unchanged. Waco Conley got a big scare from Fairfield, but they stay the same at number two. Uh, at number uh, number two, West Orange Stark is remains the same at number three. Midland Greenwood big win over Fort Stockton. Keep an eye on the Rangers; they are very very impressive. Uh, them and number five Lubbock Estacado represent, in my opinion, the best in Region One of four A Division Two. To 3A we go, where we had a little bit of movement. Cameron Yo back into the rankings at number 8 after a drubbing of Rockdale, who falls from the rankings. Uh, Eastland drops two spots from number 9 to number, or two number 9 from number 7 after their loss to number 2 Wall. Malakoff got a scare from uh, Dallas Madison, but they remain the, they win. They remain the same at number three. Also new to the rankings, number ten Franklin. Franklin with a sixty to twelve win over Trinity improves to six and one. Huge game this week against number five Dieball. That will really shake up the rankings starting next week. 
To 3A Division II we go, where it's entirely unchanged. Canadian East Bernard Newton, Rogers, Idle Gunner, Abernathy, Cisco, Paul Pewitt, Poth, and Palmer. All winners this week, with the exception of Gunner, who was idle. Uh, Rogers got a big scare from Lexington, but stays the same. Uh, Rogers and Gunner are probably 4A and 4B fundamentally. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, but in the end, they are all unchanged in 3A Division 2. To 2A Division 1 we go, where? Also entirely unchanged, and all a lot of blowouts. Uh, Refurio, big winner. Shiner, a big winner. San Saba, a big winner. They've allowed nine points all season. San Augustine, a big winner over West Sabine. They are scoring in bunches right now. Hawley and New Deal all uh, all get big wins. New Deal ahead of their big game this week against number nine Post, who beat Sundown this week, 41-27, to set up that matchup of unbeatens. Alto at number eight. Mason remains the same at number 10. To 2A Division Two we go, where we did have another shakeup. Uh, Grapeland loses to the Woodlands Christian in a game that was had to be scheduled on the fly because of uh, Sans, or Sabine Pass uh, dropping uh, or dropping football at least from a from a varsity perspective this year. They lose to a decent private school team that drops them from number five to number ten. Checking into the rankings, back into the rankings is Groover, who has 22-13 winners over Vega. They check in at number nine. The top four is unchanged: Fall City, Albany, Mart, and Idle Stratford, uh, Wellington checks up a spot at number 5 into the top 5 of 2A Division 2. To the six-man ranks we go, courtesy of our friend Lehman Saunders, six-man football insider, uh, where there's a, a bit of movement. McLean, a huge win over White Deer, 66-22. to 22. White Deer drops to number four, uh, seven as a result. Uh, McLean j- leapfrogs unbeaten Borden County as a result. Uh, they take the spot at number 2. Um, Sterling City, Big win over Highland. They move all the way up to number uh, five from number eight. Rankin up to number six from number ten after after their big win over Fort Davis. And new to the rankings, number nine May, a sixty to six winner over Santa Ana to move to seven and one. And new to the rankings, the Avalon Eagles at eight and zero. One of the great stories in Texas high school football uh, this year. They are eight and zero to start the year. This is the first they have. Uh, they will be big favors this week against Penelope. And they have never won more than eight games in a season in their entire history. Uh, they were 82-62 winners over Coolidge this week. In 1A Division two, entirely unchanged. 1 through 10, uh, no changes to our rankings. Jayton remains number one at 9-0. Big win over Rule this week. Uh, Richland Springs got a forfeit win over Lone. They check in at number three. Uh, keep an eye on Motley County. I know that they've got, they're at 5-3, but I think they are very dangerous. 1 through 10, unchanged in 1A Division two. To the private school ranks we go, and in 11-man, it is unchanged. Everyone was a winner, and everyone was a winner in pretty emphatic fashion. Cedar Hill Trinity got a very nice win over Dallas Christian. That's a good Dallas Christian team. They beat them 40-16. Uh, to 16. Fort Worth Nolan took on Midland Christian and won 28-13. They remain the same at number two. Number three through five, unchanged. Houston Second Baptist, Austin Regents, and Dallas Parish Episcopal. And in the private school six-man ranks, it is also unchanged. Baytown Christian, still your number one at 7-0. Dallas Lake Hill Prep is perfect at 7-0 at number two. Houston Emory Weiner at 7-1. Big uh, Mercy Rule win over uh, Sugarland Logos Prep. 
and then Bulverde Bracken, number 10, uh, or number 5, rather, uh, with an 80-66 to win over Waco Live Oak. They were the only team to not 45 their opponent. Watauga Harvest Christian, number 4, won 62-6 over Plano Corum Deo. So those are your Week 10 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press Texas High School Football Rankings. You can see them at texasfootball.com slash rankings. And if you have any questions about the rankings, please tweet Matt Stepp. It's Matt <laughs> underscore Step 817. <laughs> and forget what my Twitter handle is, please. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. We we'll invite you to check out texasfootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. So those rankings that you just heard, you could have heard them early if you had been Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider and checked out texasfootball.com this morning. Uh, you also get a premium podcast like Tep and Step. We're recording that this afternoon. Uh, Matt Step and I break down week 10 of the Texas High School Ball season. Also, recruiting analysis from first at Next Level Athlete, computer projections of every Texas high school ball game, computer rankings of every Texas high school ball team. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, playoff projections. Matt Stepp will update his playoff projections uh, tomorrow. So check that out at TexasFootball.com. That's for insiders. Uh, our snapshot data is behind the paywall at TexasFootball.com uh, slash insider. Uh, you also get other good stuff. What am I forgetting? What's their insider thing? Oh, archives. Yeah. I should mention that more. Yeah, yeah, Texas, that's a big one. TexasFootball.com slash archives. If you ever want to flip through the 1960-whatever edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, you can. We've digitized all of our magazines uh, thanks to our friends at the Non-Parel Institute. You can check out every edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football digitized at TexasFootball.com. Uh, if you become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, it's TexasFootball.com slash insider. It makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com slash insider. Oh, wow. Today's the five-year anniversary of Too Many Cooks. Really? That just popped across my Twitter. <laughs> wow. But Alan Seppenwall tweeted that five years ago today at 4 a.m., Adult Swim aired one of the greatest comedy bits of all time, which is true. Too Many Cooks hell holds up. If you oh, haven't yeah. watched Too Many Cooks lately. <laughs> that one and um, uh, what's the sequel? Uh, unedited footage of a bear. Unedited footage of a bear <laughs> is very good as well. Um, yes. Anyway. Let me pull my read. Hold on. That just completely derailed your entire <laughs> thought. All he's going to do now I is he wants to pull up mm. too many cooks. That's it. It takes a lot to make us do. All right. And here with a song is Greg Tepper. <laughs> Have you ever seen Too Many Cooks? Yeah, we watched some of it in here. Oh, yeah. That's right. We did. I forced you to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each Monday at noon, really 12.31, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's awards based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you at voting at TexasFootball.com. It's on the right-hand side. Wait, right-hand side. i got to do camera right. The right-hand side of the page on TexasFootball.com. Voting closes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced here on Texas Football today, shortly thereafter. we got 10 candidates this week. Another ridiculous group. We start with Beville Jones wide receiver and defensive back Aaron Caranco. Three picks and a tackle and a pass breakup, and he caught a touchdown pass. If you have three, inter- if you have three interceptions in a game, that's like a good start. You're, you're doing okay. <laughs> Mineola defensive back and running back Travion Sneed. They lost to Sabine this week, but he was ridiculous. 21 tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and he ran for 69 yards and a score. He did a little bit of everything for the Yellow Jackets. Buffalo wide receiver and defensive back Jamal Randall carried the ball five times for 155 yards and two scores. He had five catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns receiving. He also had eight tackles 
and returned an interception for a touchdown. Buffalo wide receiver defensive back Jamal Randall. El Paso Del Valle running back Joel Serrano ran for 311 yards and four scores. Pottsboro running back Cy Shope might be Kai. Kai Wing's got me thrown off now. Yeah. <laughs> 337 yards and six touchdowns on the ground for Pottsboro running back Cy Shope. Cedar Park Vista Ridge quarterback Kyle Brown's back. 340 yards and five touchdowns passing for the Vista Ridge quarterback. Lubbock Monterey wide receiver Tyree Tipson. Tipson had seven catches, 234 yards, and three touchdowns receiving. Bremond athlete JT Anthony carried the ball 39 times for 373 yards and six touchdowns. He also had 70. Excuse me, he also had 71 yards passing. He also had 10 tackles and two tackles for loss. He got to have a nice bath after the game if you wonder why. <laughs> Pampa quarterback Tucker Bridwell went 14 of 18 for 435 yards and five scores, and he also ran for a touchdown. And finally, Waco Connolly quarterback and defensive back Kavion Gaither. Okay. 32 carries for 248 yards and four touchdowns. Stop there. Mm-hmm. Good game. Amazing game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Probably worthy of being Not on this bad. list. 73 yards and a touchdown passing, 12 tackles and two pass breakups. Did a little bit of everything. So those are your week ten or week nine rather, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Beville Jones, wide receiver and defensive back, Aaron Caranco, Miniola, defensive back and running back, Travion Sneed, Buffalo wide receiver, defensive back, Jamal Randall, El Paso Del Valle, running back, Joel Serrano, Pottsboro running back, Cy Shope, Cedar Park Vista Ridge quarterback, Kyle Brown, Lubbock Monterey wide receiver, Tyree Tipson, uh, Bremont athlete, JT Anthony, Pampa quarterback Tucker Bridwell and Waco Connolly quarterback and defensive back Kavion Gaither. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each public school classification with the Team of the Week Award. The team selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 9 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Mansfield Summit, the Jaguars overcame soggy weather and a 13-point deficit, rallying to take down previously unbeaten DeSoto 27-26. In 5A, Katie Pato, in arguably the biggest win in program history, the Panthers used a physical defensive effort and a fourth-quarter rally to take down Huntsville 25-14, clinching a playoff berth in just their second varsity season. In 4A, Midland Greenwood, the Rangers didn't let a 100-mile road trip to Fort Stockton knock them off their winning ways, holding the Panthers to just 141 yards of total offense in a dominant 54-17 win to remain unbeaten. In 3A, Corrigan Camden, in a battle for district supremacy, the Bulldogs came out hot and never looked back, surging to a 17-0 halftime lead and styming Anderson Shiro en route to a 23-6 victory, handing the Owls their first loss of the year. In 2A, Louise, in a hard-fought defensive slugfest, the Hornets came up with the big plays and held off a late Somerville rally to come away with a 13-12 victory, their first win of the year, and one that clinches a playoff spot. And in 1A, Nueces Canyon, the Panthers scored a major upset on Friday night, edging state-ranked and previously unbeat Lakey in a wild back-and-forth affair, 50-44. So those are your Week 9 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Mansfield Summit. In 5A, Katie Pato. In 4A, Midland Greenwood. In 3A, Corian Camden. In 2A, Louise. And in 1A, Noasis Canyon. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Speaking of which, TexasFootball.com has got a lot of good stuff on there if you like sports. If you're watching the show and you don't like sports, like perhaps you're lost. They've got to be real bored in that aspect. I don't know. You never know. 
there's certainly there've got to be people who watch this show that don't really like sports. The Twitter video, they just kept it rolling and it just like went into a related video on the yeah. side and it <laughs> happens to be us. Hi, we're your related video. <laughs> <laughs> that is like totally unrelated to like the 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 cross stitching video you were watching. We're <laughs> cooking. Yeah. That's what, we need to turn this into a cooking show in the office. Like, like, like uh, what's oh, that'd be Tasty? Cool. What's that website that you used Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like a top-down, very... top-down version of everything. A very milk I toast did that recipe for a, that's uh, very easy to do. That's yeah. just like, here's the thing. I did that for a school project last year. You did a top-down video of... Like, yeah, like what, cooking what, What'd you make? Stuff. Um, it was some chicken dish. I can't remember what it was called. Was it good? Yeah, it didn't turn out bad. Did you take all the flavor out of it like Tasty does? Yeah. It's like here's how to make chicken, and then it's just like nothing. Just yeah, like, like, like it's like there's one like thing of salt of and pepper, yeah. and then it's just done. <laughs> it's, it's like, like look, you've made chicken, and then it's like there's a white plate, like plate, like like plank <laughs> of chicken. <Yeah. laughs> All right, let's get to our campus crawl. Campus crawl, uh, our uh, weekly look at the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. We will go in, of course, a mystery order. If you can guess the mystery order, we will give you a shout out here on Texas football today. Your favorite. A uh, pat on the back. Little pat, pat, pat. And if Ish wins, he gets a hair uh, tussle. That I is, think, is not true. What we had said the last no, time. No, no. If he gets it right, no, I no, don't no. tussle mm, his hair. Mm. That's the reward. Touch my hair and die. <laughs> well, apparently, I don't even have hair, so <laughs> it's also bald. true. Yeah, apparently, according to Greg. It's the first time I noticed that. <laughs> we start with SMU. Um, look, we talked about it a little bit on Friday. Um, obviously, a huge win for them. In a game that I don't think they played particularly well, but they went on the road and they got a win. Um, the defense is going to need to shore up uh, if they're going to beat uh, Memphis this week. But the offense continues to hum. As long as they have that balanced offense, right? As long as they're able to run the ball, and Xavier Jones had a great game. As long as they're able to run the ball, then this offense is really, really hard to slow down. I do worry if down the road that defense is going to cost them, but... Right now, it's all sunshine and daffodils. They're eight and zero. They control their own destiny for everything. Uh, not that not. They're not. Let me get this out of the way. SMU is not going to make the playoff. What? I'm sorry. What? Uh, everyone else would have to lose twice. Blasphemous. Just like right. One team will have to lose three times probably. Yeah, I mean, realistically, like, <laughs> like, like, like there's, uh, no, guys, there's no way. There's nothing yeah, no. I would love more than for SMU to be in the playoff. Yeah, but, but they're not going to get the G five team's not getting. In the it's playoff. not getting unless in. they schedule like. Power five for every one of their non-conference. Right, and especially considering right now SMU's best win is probably what TCU. It's TCU. Yes, yeah, TCU. Yeah, because yeah. TCU is ranked and that mm-hmm. a, that has aged well. Yeah. But besides that, like they're not they're not going to make the playoff. Nope. Uh, but this is a huge, huge, huge game at Memphis, six thirty p.m. on Saturday. Huge game. Texas. Oof. So let's talk about this. Mm. Um. I oh, thought oops, I thought for the face. first time this year, Sam Ellinger was like straight up not good. I thought he was. Now part of it is that I think the the TCU defense uh, bodied them pretty well, mm-hmm. and I think they were able to bottle up the running game and make them pretty one dimensional and make Sam Ellinger beat them. But I thought he was pretty errant with his throws. He got picked off four times. Um, there, were, there were two in particular that were really terrible. Were really. Um, yeah. One, he was trying to force it into Jake Smith, and it was kind of tight coverage. I don't understand what he was kind of trying to do. Maybe he was hoping Jake mm-hmm. Smith kind of just muscled, muscled him away and made the play. Uh, another one was when he was rolling out to the right, and I forgot who he was trying to throw it towards the sideline, but he it was like he got caught in the middle of trying to throw it away, but then he saw a receiver at the last second and tried mm-hmm. to angle it to him, and it was it was a, just he a very bad He made a couple, yeah. Throw. I mean, Should he, not, he yeah. Was, it was, was a bad game for him. He me. was trying really hard in this yeah. game, and it, it did not go well for them. Uh, but, I mean, let's be real. 
the reason that Texas lost this game yeah. is not Sam Ellinger. The reason Texas lost this game is because the defense, once again, made a pretty lackluster offense look really good. Mm-hmm. And it's just time to consider that every time they face a team with a decent offense, they're going to be an underdog because that defense is just problematic. I know they're banged up, but the secondary has been, I think, a pretty significant disappointment. And to give up, to let Max Duggan go 19 of 27 for 273 yards is... (laughs) Thumbs down. Baylor. They had a great bye week. Yeah, I know, right? Baylor and Texas, or Oklahoma and Texas both lose. Mm -hmm. Like, now... They control, and they get, by the way, they get Oklahoma and Texas at their barn, both of them. They control their destiny for the Big 12 title. I mean, they already did. But now it certainly seems like a lot more in the realm of possibility. This was like an excellent bye week for Baylor. They won the bye week, definitely. TCU, uh, same, you know, look. If we are going to talk about how for the past all season, Mm -hmm. we've been crapping on the TCU quarterback situation then right now, we got a lavish praise on it because Max Duggan won them that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was, down the stretch, I think everybody, I think even TCU fans were looking at this and be like, oh, God, here it comes. He's going to do something really bad. But instead, ice in his veins, a couple of big boy throws, and then he ices it with the rushing touchdown. Max Duggan was very good in this game. Mm -hmm. Very good in this game. And... If they get very good offense, or if they get very good quarterback play, on, by the way, a day when they didn't run the ball well. No. And we knew that they were probably not going to be able to run the ball pretty very well because that's what Texas was going to stack up to do, and that's where the strength of that Texas defense is. They didn't run the ball well. They needed Max Duggan to be good, and Max Duggan was really good. Uh, uh, Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider, was at the game. He's got a great piece up on TexasFootball.com about how cathartic that was for TCU. But great win for TCU. They're 4-3, and three, and then suddenly... I mean, look, they need two more wins to get bowl eligible. It feels like that's going to happen. Um, they get, well, actually. At Oklahoma State, Baylor, at Tech, probably winnable. At Oklahoma, and West Virginia at home. Assume you beat West Virginia at home. Got to get one of those four to get bowl eligible, which I think would be a, a nice step for this program. Texas A&M. That was the most complete offensive performance we have seen from A&M uh, I mean, at least since the LSU game. Mm-hmm. At least this season. Mm-hmm. No doubt. That was a complete offensive game. The running game was really good. The, like, the numbers are not going to blow you away on the running game, but the running game was really effective. Kellen Mond was sharp. They were, the receivers, like, helped out Kellen Mond. Um, this was a complete offensive performance. Look, we can pick nits and say the defense wasn't very good. Yeah, defense was wasn't fine. very good. That was fine. Plain and simple. I mean, they got run over a little bit, and that's fine. They didn't need to be. The offense did the heavy lifting in this game. That was a very, like, the kind of the kind of win we, we were hoping to see from this offense this year. I just hope that, mm-hmm. I just, I'm thankful that AM took care of business because I was able to stop watching this game in the first yes, quarter. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> they I, got thought, I was exactly. like, cool, awesome. I don't need to watch Mississippi State anymore. Yeah, that Kendrick Rogers, t- I, I tweeted you. I was like, yeah. that Kendrick Rogers touchdown uh, pass in the second quarter. I was like, Good. done. Yeah. I'm out of here. They're going to be, they're going to win. They're going to yeah. win running away. Like, eight. They're on. Now, look, obviously still work to do. They get UTSA this week. They're going to be huge favorites over UTSA. Uh, but then it's sudden, the bye week, and then suddenly uh, South Carolina is interesting. 
South Carolina is probably the game that we thought Mississippi State was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of switch places. And then it's at Georgia LSU. Those didn't change. Uh, but, you know, so far so good. And now you feel like, like okay, they're going to get bowl eligible. Like, the worst case scenario is off the table. Yeah. That's that's the value of this of this win. Uh, Matthew McSpadden asked, uh, did A&M sacrifice their chicken? Dude. I'm assuming that I was that to point. your tweet. I'd, yeah. That one actually made me laugh. Like, I try not to laugh at your tweets too much but uh, that one blades that was Elijah funny. blades whatever is uh the the, the defensive back name and has been so banged up like everyone's hurt on this team and i just made the point that they just need to like sacrifice a chicken to, 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 to get the the football gods back on their back on their side it was funny in any case i'll give you that uh, good win for a&m now on the opposite side of the spectrum let's talk about <laughs> north texas we're not um it's time to just recognize that they're just not good like that's not a good football team they are a team with a pretty good quarterback who actually went off in this game and had one of his best games. That's what's so frustrating about it. <laughs> but that defense got torched. Yep. By They're Charlotte. Terrible. Charlotte, who's not very good. They're they're also terrible. <laughs> yes. They got torched by Chris Reynolds and Benny LeMay. They got beat in every single aspect of this game. Um that like it's just time time to realize that this is just a, an underwhelming team, an underachieving team. You know, we had hopes for an 8-9 win season for, for North Texas. That's obviously out the window because they have five losses. But it's out the window from just a quality perspective, too, that it's just, like, now, it's like, they need yeah. to, like, so they're going to beat UTEP. They still got UTEP and Rice, Rice right? which is good. But that UAB game is going to be for a bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're probably not beating Louisiana Tech. Yeah, especially because that one's away. Yeah. So. I, I posed the question on Twitter. Did did uh, Seth Luttrell mark Hudspeth his trajectory? Because Maybe, I mean, yeah. a couple years ago, uh, Lafayette, uh, under Mark Hutzbeth was eight nine win program consistently for about three to five years. Um, decided to stay, right? Kept his kept mm-hmm. kept it, stayed at Lafayette. And was like, oh, I'm gonna wait this out. Wait my wait this group of guys out. Um, I think they went four and eight one yeah. year, and then sanctions came, and so like nobody wanted him at that yeah. point. And so it was like, all right, well, uh, formerly one of the best mid major or group of five coaches mm-hmm. out there. You know, he ended up losing his job. Um, obviously, the sanctions played into that, but he did have a, a down season, I believe. Let me see. Uh, yeah, four and eight after going after winning eight games, four and eight, and then six and seven, five and seven, and then just kind of hovered around that area. Now he's at Austin P. So back in, uh, and and this is not to say that North Texas's defense has always been great, mm-hmm. but last year was forty eighth in total defense, and this year it's one hundred first. Yeah, we lost. I mean, they lost so many people on defense this year, and so we were hoping you know what is going to come out of that and clearly it hasn't been up to it i'm i love the defensive coordinator ref it but he's not they're not getting it done and it's so frustrating for mason too with the senior year he really is a good player it hurts to watch you know a loss like that happen with six touchdowns houston houston um look they are what they are at this point i think that they're still a pretty competent offense i think clayton toon has proved himself to be a pretty competent quarterback and when they run the ball, like they did against SMU, then that offense is going to be hard to stop. But like that, what we thought was going to be the problem all year long, which was the secondary, continues to be a big problem. Like that defense just isn't very good, and and it's gonna it's gonna end up costing them. Uh, you know, yeah, probably a bowl. I mean, they've like they need they need three more wins, and they still got they're at UCF this week, and then they get Memphis, and then by the way, even if they like even if they were to win one, uh, both of those games. Um, you probably beat Navy in the in the finale, mm-hmm. but at Tulsa's not a layup. Nope. Even if you split those these next two, uh, the defense just is not 
is not very good, and that's what's going to end up costing them. Uh, but we know that this is just a weird year for Houston. Um, and honestly, I mean, I don't even want to say they probably beat Navy. Navy just beat Tulane this year. This that's week. a good point. Like, I don't know. Texas Tech. There was a comment about them earlier. I can't remember. What, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember uh, last week, <laughs> Hector Rios, we said that we were going to remember that he was like, hey, Kansas will beat Texas Tech. Do you remember that? We were like, okay, well, we'll, s- we'll see uh, next I week. I drank a lot this weekend. So I well, he, he, I remembered. And, uh, oh, and he said, I told you Tech would lose to Kansas. So, Hunter, good job. Pat on the back. That was. So, okay. Let's, before we get to the fifth. Sure, sure, sure. First of all, <laughs> the whole rest of the game. Don't get carved up by Carter Stanley, and you're not going to be in this position. I'm just Brent Deerman might just be a really good offensive coordinator. Maybe he is, but like, there's no reason to get carved up for no. 415 yards by Carter Stanley. Period. There's that. Now let's get to the finish. <laughs> if you didn't see the finish, um. Kansas drove down the field, lined up for a game-winning field goal, or what would have been a game-winning field goal, yeah. and Tech blocks it. Tech, uh, and by the way, it was not a cheap block. They got no, all, he, they didn't tip it. They got all, all of it. They on swatted it. that thing. And by the way, it was the second time they blocked a kick this uh, in that game. Um, I don't remember who picked it up. In uh, fact, I can look this up. Yeah. Um, Douglas Coleman. Yeah. Poor Douglas Coleman. He's trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. He picks it up. He thinks time's going to expire. He picks it up, and he starts running, and he turns. He's about to get tackled, so he turns to lateral it to a, guy, to a, to a teammate. Mm-hmm. There's a teammate behind him, but the teammate, is they are not on the same page. Right. He's like, what are you doing? Kansas recovers the ball with one second left. Even though it was a fourth down play, because of the change of possession, that's a first down Kansas. for Kansas. So they get to line up for a field goal, and they make it. They win 37-34. Texas Tech has, has a history of... Um, creative ways to lose games mm-hmm. that's one of the all-timers and i mean unfortunately here's the problem people are going to focus too much on the way that finish which is an embarrassing way to finish right sure. but that was an embarrassing performance from tech defensively is is my whole point i just like i thought the tech defense was really bad in this game and and so there's like the macro embarrassment and the micro embarrassment. And overall, it's just a bad day to be a Texas Tech Red Raider. UTSA did not lose. Didn't play. Now they get now they get to go to AM. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Hey. Sure. Go. Go shock the world, Roadrunners. They're not gonna shock the world. <laughs> Have you ever seen the uh the mascot for them, Rowdy? Rowdy. Like the actual yes. walking Rowdy around. Yeah. He's got creepy eyes. I like him. No, they move. They're like googly eyes. I know. I like them a lot. Shouldn't shouldn't be a thing. Texas State goes to Arkansas State and loses thirty eight fourteen in a game that you'd paid no attention. I'm you, I'm everyone I'm talking to on this show besides Ish is learning that score for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and look, I mean it's the same. It's the same song, different verse, right? It's it's offensive inconsistency. Yep. And the defense is trying its best. But the bottom line is that, like, they, this, I watch a decent amount of this game, mm-hmm. and the number of short fields that Texas State opponents get set up on yep. is just like, it's crazy. Like, they, like, I would love to know what the average starting field position for, for Texas State opponents is this year. That's, That's got to be, it's got to be, be somewhere. There's got to be a way to look that up. But, like, 
that is the biggest thing. Like, like if you want to talk about, we can talk all we want about how, um, you know, the yards the defense gave up. Right. We can talk all we want about how they didn't force any turnovers. Right. We can talk all we want about that. But the bottom line is that the offense is 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 setting the defense up to fail. And I don't know what else new. I mean, I don't know what else you could really say anymore. Like, it's same like you said, same song, different verse. Um, and it's basically like a different chapter of the same book the past five years. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I talked to Sean about this on the pod on Republic of Football where it's – I kind of pose it on Twitter too where it's like if this was the product that Texas State had, why didn't they just give Everett Withers last year? Mm-hmm. And I'm not blaming Spavito for this. He inherited this, right? But if you're going to move on from Withers, pay the buyout, use you know have that deficit of money going into a new head coaching search obviously i think spavadol is a great hire so obviously it didn't mm-hmm. hinder them at all the buyout didn't hinder them at all but um why didn't you just if this is the same problems good defense bad offense inconsistent offensive line inconsistent quarterback play no identity of what they're trying to do that's the same exact problems they had with withers and i don't see uh, I, I looked at the schedule last year and what were the wins it was an fcs team it was Georgia State, and it mm-hmm. was a FBS independent New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. What are the wins so far this year? An FCS team, Georgia State, and at this rate, Coastal Carolina, which might as well be a lower tier FBS yeah. independent. They're in the Sun Belt, but yeah. they might as well they be. They might as well be UMass. Right. They might as well be New Mexico State, yes. the win they got last year. So, like, if that those are their wins again, and if they win three games, granted, they have a chance to beat South Alabama this next week, so maybe that's something mm-hmm. that's bad South Alabama. A bad South Alabama team is there for the taking, um, but if they win, if they win three games again, what was that for? Right. And the part that is on Spavadol is that in his intro press conference, he said, "We're going to win games." Okay. And I asked him when he was when I was down there for the magazine to interview for the magazine. I said, "Where's this program?" He's like, "I don't know, but we're close." Well, right now they don't look. Doesn't close. look close. It doesn't look close. <laughs> By the way, here's if you want the number that defines Texas State, mm-hmm. they are 123rd in time of possession. Yeah. They just can't hold on to the ball, and they're hanging their defense out to dry. I still think that defense is actually pretty good. It's good, but they're just giving up a lot of yards because they're yeah. on the field the whole time. Because they're on the field all the time. <laughs> uh, Jacob John asks, has Texas State been to a bowl since they uh, moved to the FBS? No, there was a 20... Oh, God, was it 2013? No, 20... Oh, God, there was a 6-6 six and six year that they just narrowly missed. Then there was a 7-5 and five year where, like, they... I, I forgot who lost on the last day, but they were 7-5 and five one year. They should have made a bowl... But I believe Oklahoma State lost, or somebody lost to where it messed up Texas State's bowls because, like, the Big 12 mm-hmm. got eligible for, like, another team that was 6-6 six and six or something. And um, I remember vividly that year, me and Joe were in the San Marcos Daily Record offices, like, desperately trying to find someone to call, like, hey, who were they in contact with? Who's making phone calls? Like, are they going to make a bowl? And obviously they ended up missing out on a bowl on a 7-5 and five year. Um, but that I think that was 2014 uh, was the 7-5 and five year. But, yeah. So. UTEP. Covering machine, baby. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, the, w- uh, this is this is um, the guy from Arrested Development looking in the bag and saying, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> like, they played Louisiana Tech. Louisiana yeah. Tech eventually kind of carved them up. 7-7 after the first quarter, and then it was just a blowout from there. And this game, this game ended 42-21. This is, this is a backdoor cover by UTEP. <laughs> uh, scored the final 14 points of the game. Uh, to make this forty-two twenty-one, they jet like they can't run the ball. Yeah. Like they can't run the ball, and and this is an offense that is fundamentally based around running the ball, and they're bad at it. 
Like, they're real bad at it. The, two, the average less than three yards of carry in this game. It's bad. And you can't ask Kyle Oxley to go out there and do everything because he's just like, that's not how this offense is, is built. So, disappointing, but I, I guess kind of what we expected. And finally, Rice. I also watched a fair amount of this game. I did too, which I don't feel good about. Because I can't quit them. Um, it's easy. You just stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, their, also, their offense is awful. Oh, it was it's so really bad. bad. Uh, it was funny when they were talking about, they were talking about something about the punter, about how he is like one of the best in yes. the state averaging stuff. And I was like, well, duh, he's out there all the time. <laughs> hey, he's really good. Chris Barnes is real. Chris Barnes is really good. The no crowd mic quirking too was that, that was weird. If there anybody who watched the broadcast, like the crowd mic was either not turned on or there were no fans in the stands. I will say awkward. this. I think their defense is actually like, I'm not going to say good, but not but terrible. fair. Mm-hmm. It's a fair defense. Like, to, actually, to hold Southern Miss to, like, 350 yards is actually pretty impressive. Um, they made Jake, Jack Abraham look pretty ordinary, but the offense just... Like, you've got to be able to do something. And they can't throw and they can't run. They can't do anything offensively. And it's just... It was, you know... I mean, look, w- they were never going to win that game. They basically have... At UTEP, the end of the year. Otherwise, they're going to go with the over. And that would be... I I feel like that would be really devastating for this program. Going 0-12 is bad luck. Anyway, that is your campus crawl. Did anybody guess the order? Um, Let's see. We've got offensive ranking from first to worst. That's exactly right. Hey, look at you there. Daniel Agnew. Good job, Daniel. It is. And uh, Ember Keith said that too. It's total offense, I believe. Or is it total or scoring? Can't remember. I scheduled it last night. Anyway, yes, it's offensive rankings. Good job. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's Second Favorite Segment. Final thoughts. Um, so everyone in the comments have been asking, I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but um, are we planning on doing a pick'em contest for the playoffs? Are we going to wait to uh, make that decision? Uh, well, the decision's been made. But decision's been made. Are we going to wait to announce it? Oh, look, it's Mailbag Friday. <laughs> Hang on. Final thoughts. There we go. Continue. We got something cooking. I'll leave it at that. All right. Got something cooking. Perfect. Um, And then... Oh, yeah. I was going to let you know, uh, Mindy Cantu said, hey, from San Saba. I know that's in-state, but I didn't know if you wanted to hit him up with another... Yep. All right. Nine points all year. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas Football today.